Many veterinary clinics and hospitals today are operating without a significant percentage of workforces. Some practices have to turn away new patients. That's how bad it is. I kid you not. I mean, you guys try today and you call one of your veterinary practices nearby. I guarantee you they will put you on hold or you will have a minimum of a two to three minute wait. And that's just the reality that these veterinary practices are facing. Good morning, everyone. This is the Healthy Idea Podcast by Iman and Nico. I'm Iman. And I'm Nico. And on our podcast, we sit down with founders on how they're using new technologies to solve critical health issues that face our society today. We learn more about their journeys into entrepreneurship and how they started their company. We hope to shed light on innovations in health and encourage you to think on the art of what's possible with technology today. So to kind of start it off, mind telling us a little bit about yourself and, you know, your background? Sure thing, Iman. My name is Bobby Reddy, and I am the CEO and co-founder of Anyman Technologies and our premier product, a veterinary telemedicine platform, Anypanion. I live in San Diego, California, and got my BBA from Babson College in 2013. Together with my college roommate, Tony Cairo, we set out to start Anypanion in 2017, where we launched at our first veterinary hospital in Dallas, Texas, and have not looked back since. Great. Awesome. And I guess you mind telling us about your product, Anypanion? Absolutely. So Anypanion is the world world's leading veterinary telemedicine platform. We are a SaaS platform, so we're a software as a service. We sell our platform to veterinary practices and veterinarians across the world. How it works is we can onboard a veterinarian or veterinary practice in less than 15 minutes in getting them set up with an Anypanion account. From there, they can in turn start promoting Anypanion to their clientele and getting their parents to communicate and connect with them via video chat technology through Anypanion. We offer two forms of modality. One is a asynchronous format, which is in the form of chat consultations. So think of it as text messages where you can simply text back and forth and send pictures and videos to your veterinarian. The other synchronous model or modality of communication that we offer through Anypanion is the video chat model. So think of this more as a e-consultation where a time is dedicated and set up and booked and the client will then therefore log in to the Anypanion app application and the veterinarian would log in and initiate that consultation. So we see ourselves again as an extension to a practice's traditional brick and mortar of four walls, where we're allowing veterinarians now to have a digital presence in a world where it is more important today, more so than ever to have that. No, yeah, I totally agree. I think it'd be really interesting to learn about like animal health in the context of telemedicine since we've seen so much of it. I mean, it's already, it's always existed, but I think the prominence of it increased a lot during COVID-19. And we don't think like, how did this actually affect our pets? I think it'll be interesting to talk about throughout our conversation. So that's super cool to hear. Um, Absolutely, Iman. I think uh, one of those points where you brought up saying that, hey, telemedicine has existed in some sense or format. 
Uh, particularly in the veterinary industry. And you're absolutely right there. In fact, there's a famous study by a veterinary practice manager called Mark Opperman, who actually said that veterinary practices before coming on board the bandwagon of veterinary telemedicine used to give away $90,000 plus in free advice per year, just through Facebook messaging with clients, WhatsApping, texting, emailing, phone calls, again, all kind of untracked, undocumented, free advice. So you're right. Telemedicine has existed in some sense or format. What we've done with Annie Panion is bring together a flow end-to-end that integrates with the practice's care flow and day-to-day activities, including scheduling and client management, and making sure that it seamlessly fits in to that overall process. And I think that's what's truly a successful telemedicine model in today's day and age, one that can allow frictionless and seamlessness connections uh, with the end clientele, you know, without having to worry about a lot of the front office work that goes into servicing a client today. No, that's that's super intriguing. And I was actually kind of interested in how you and your roommate at Babson and, and just for the audience, I actually attended Babson College. How did you and your roommate at Babson end up forming this? How did you know he was also interested in animal health or telemedicine? And I'm curious of that pairing of how this came to be. Absolutely. Yeah. So Tony and I were college roommates in Babson. And uh, interestingly enough, I had a very monumental professor that had a a big impact on me, Iman and Nico. And um, his name is um, Professor Shapiro. He was ex- head of marketing for Gillette at Procter & Gamble. So excellent tenure, very, very sharp man. And um, I was in one of his marketing classes in 2012. And uh, this was around the time when uh, Obama had uh, passed that mandate saying, hey, all paper records need to go into an electronic medical record, right? Or an EMR. And so we are seeing already a shift towards the idea of digital technology technology and digital healthcare, again, which has existed in some sense or manner, as we talked about. And so interestingly enough, in this marketing class with um, Professor Shapiro, one of the goals of the class was to come up with a idea for a product and come up with a complete go-to-market strategy for that. At that time, I had pitched a EMR personal health record type app. You see plenty of those today in the game, Apple Health, Google Health, et cetera, et cetera. And at that time, my professor was very intrigued by the idea and he had actually called me into his office hours. And so we're we're there in his office hours and no different than any professor's office hours uh, or a professor's office filled with books and papers. And his desk was just filled with a bunch of books and papers. And he had this little tiny side desk uh, near his main desk, which was not filled with as many books or papers. And I remember, and, and this still resonates resonates with Tony and I till today. But I still remember when Professor Shapiro was was looking at us and kind of saying, hey, I love this idea about digital healthcare. I think it's the future, but it's saturated on the human healthcare side. And he pointed to his messy office desk and he said, you see this here? This is the human healthcare side. A lot of stuff already here, a lot of players already here. You see that little side table over there with a little bit of less stuff there? That is the veterinary side of the house. 
And so that's kind of, Iman, where this whole idea of looking at veterinary care in specific and animal health care came to be. So the idea was incepted then in 2012. Of course, upon graduating from Babson, Tony and I did go into corporate America, respectively. He was at TripAdvisor and Oracle. I was at Qualcomm. And after we kind of decided, hey, animal health care, let's do something in that. Let's pursue this idea with the assets and resources that we have access to us. Let's get into digital healthcare for the animal space. So through that, Iman, that's where we had come together. Um, We were accepted into the startup leadership program in San Diego. So that helped us get a great footing with starting the healthy idea and really growing it into being able to implement it at our first veterinary practice. Our family's backgrounds as well in healthcare. So Tony's mom is a head of technology implementation at uh, Scripps, a huge hospital organization here in Southern California. And my father's background is in healthcare technology and IT services. Um, And some of his clients include Mexican and Cerner. So marrying all that together, it just made perfect sense for us to hit the ground running with Annie Panyon and start a telemedicine service for the veterinary industry. We were really looking at two models at the very beginning. And we had looked at the telemedicine model and the home health model. And we felt that the telemedicine model would be the stepping stone into the connected care future of veterinary telemedicine. And what's interesting about veterinary digital health or animal digital health is that they're about five to 10 years behind human healthcare side of things. That window is closing very, very quickly as of course, this pandemic that we're facing has brought out a slew of problems and changes that are positively impacting the growth of digital health technologies today. No, for sure. I, I just had one quick question in between that before I comment. What's the Startup Leadership Academy? It's actually the Startup Leadership Program or oh, SLP. Startup Leadership Program, sorry. No worries. Startup Leadership Program, SLP, is a nonprofit organization that basically mentors startup ideas and startups with the tools and tool sets and mentors necessary through almost like a six-month course with uh, once-a-week get-togethers and assignments that help you in shaping your idea to get it to the next level. There are all kinds of companies in different stages. Usually it's pre-seed stage of companies that are accepted, but plenty of types, some with MVPs, some just with ideas. And so it's truly a incubator type program that helps accelerate startup growth. There are chapters for SLP all over the world. And in particular, we had applied for the San Diego chapter. There's a startup leadership program chapter in Boston, for example, New York as well, and other cities. Oh, wow. Cool. It's not by any type of big name. When you think of a lot of these leadership programs, you think of maybe like a, a tech stars or even programs that are part of VCs like Kleiner Perkins has a program. It's like its own thing, startup leadership program. Correct. Correct. 
it. Cool. Very awesome. So I definitely, and now I'm going to comment on what you said. That is incredible of a journey. I would say it's almost like time and place came in your favor with not just your roommate and your backgrounds, but also meeting that professor at Babson that had a background in products and helped navigate that area of, okay, here's a saturated market around telemedicine. And even so, it's kind of like you can still be quite competitive even in that market for human health. But then here is this area of just complete wild, wild west. And there's not a lot of competition here. You could create something very unique and iconic in the animal health space. And I think that's such a great thing to have with like an advisor or even just somebody who's very interested in your product, seeing it, wanting to solve a true problem that's like complete, that hasn't really been addressed. I think that's really, really interesting. Like a lot of startup founders pivot a lot and sometimes you don't hear why there is such a pivot. I I like that, that this was kind of come up from conversations with other people, especially those who've been in the management space. So very cool. I'm curious, are you still close to this advisor, um, Professor Shapiro? I know um, we're friends on LinkedIn, but I haven't (laughs) talked to him since then. Wow, that's craziness. Well, I'm sure he's very happy of your your, uh, growth since then. And I'm curious, so you have the idea, you have the market that you're interested in in, um, addressing. You see that there is a clear need and that the problem is there. How do you go about building your product? Great. Yeah, no. So definitely we were blessed with having a an incredible technology team behind us where till today, uh, which keeps us at the forefront. And uh, uh, when we had first launched in Dallas, Texas at uh, Hillside Veterinary Clinic, our first practice, we were able to really understand, you know, what it takes for a telemedicine platform to truly succeed in the veterinary industry, whether it be the seamless integration to a practice's day-to-day workflows or just making it easier for their staff to use it. And so I think one of the key things when building a product and taking it from idea, today we're in 200 plus practices you know, across the world. And I think it's really important to always be learning through the process. It is an iterative process. If we could just build everything at once and have everything be perfect, oh, what a truly great world it would be. But with technology, I think, again, it's an iterative process where we're constantly learning from our customers. We are figuring out easier ways to take things that may take two steps down to one step. Um, So it's that constant drive towards optimizing uh, workflows and processes and the product itself that encompasses, I think, a true product strategy and listening to customers. I mean, I can't say that enough how important that is. You know, getting your first customer is the hardest thing to do. But once you do, and once you start to grow, and once you start to scale, it feeds or fuels the engine here. And it's so important where listening to customer feedbacks and being able to truly tailor your product to that is what truly will set the successful tech products in the world against those that are less frequently used. Yeah, no, totally agree. How was it getting your first customer? So like any industry, you need mavericks, you need pioneers. And we had that in the form of Dr. Dixon Bain, who is an excellent gentleman that is forward thinking. And, you know, the vet industry can tend to be a little less forward thinking. Again, now post pandemic, it's a completely different ballgame, which I'll get into. But it's tough always with an industry where there are fewer early adopters or or forward thinking folks. And that's something that, you know, we were blessed 
blessed to have somebody who says yes. Whether today I've been in the veterinary industry for 30 plus years and look, this is the future. Now, how we do it, how we implement, how it is frictionless and seamless with the day-to-day workflows of a veterinary practice. Now that's the key. And um, so having a champion like that for us early on in, in the veterinary industry and then continuing to have fantabulous champions here, including our um, our head uh, veterinary advisors, Dr. Crystal Wallace, Dr. Ryan Farmer, Dr. Chris Carter. They're really forward-thinking folks that are saying, hey, this is going to be here to stay. Millennials of the future, future generations, everybody's tied to their smartphone or is looking for access to care at a quicker and easier pace. And so this technology or this type of technology is not going away. The demand is not going away. And so let's come up with a way together to best implement this in a way where the veterinarian is truly getting value back to their time and staff time is being optimized uh, because demand is only going to increase. And now that veterinary access is opening up around the world and telemedicine is going to facilitate global access to veterinarians, demand will only be rising as we move forward. Totally agree there. Wow, that's really interesting. Forward-looking doctors, do you find that that's a very small niche of like the doctor community? Are they just hard to find for the particular areas that you find to be forward-looking? Well, telemedicine now is not so forward-thinking anymore. Telemedicine has gone from a nice-to-have to need-to-have. We're facing unprecedented times through this COVID-19 pandemic. Its effects on us, known and unknown, will have lasting and irreversible impact on our humanity for the future ahead. And in the veterinary industry, specifically, you know, there's a lot of problems that are being faced, brought on by this pandemic. Self-isolation, you know, and all of us staying at home and quarantining ourselves has actually increased the number of pets, puppies and and what have you. Yeah. Um, And I mean, folks are having time now to kind of reprioritize or expedite getting a pet. You know, the loneliness is kind of calling out for folks um, needing a companion. And so, yeah, more pets, more demand for care. And veterinary care is obviously an essential service with essential workers during this pandemic. So interestingly enough, veterinary practices today had to pivot and adapt to a curbside care model where they can continue to service their pet parent clientele. You know, it kind of basically works where you drive up with your car to the practice, you know, with your pet salute and you kind of wait for to be checked in and then they take your pet from the car, examine and care for it and then bring it back. But this model has four challenges, particularly in staff time utilization. What traditionally took in-clinic checkups and checking a patient in the waiting room 20 to 30 minutes is now taking 45 minutes to an hour. And not to mention, you know, inconveniencing pets and, and clients in the process. I mean, it's really hot here in California and I know in a lot of other states. And so it's becoming a hassle. Staffing shortage is also kind of a huge problem that these veterinary practices are facing. I mean, simply said, it's hard to find new veterinary staff labor. These are specialized labor. It takes eight years for 
a, met- a veterinarian to be made, right? Uh, vet techs as well are equally up there with the amount of years needed of education. And many veterinary clinics and hospitals today are operating without a significant percentage of workforces. Some practices have to turn away new patients. That's how bad it is. I kid you not. I mean, you guys try it today and you call one of your veterinary practices nearby. I guarantee you they will put you on hold or you will have a minimum of a two to three minute wait. And that's just the reality that these veterinary practices are facing. Wow. Yeah, this is like a very big problem, especially with COVID-19, to create that that extra bottleneck of how do I deliver care to my pet, especially in emergency situations. I think that's something that we could definitely get into. I'm actually just curious from a broad level, how big is the pet market in general? So in the US alone, there's over 165 million cats and dogs. That's just uh, cats and dogs. Uh, wow. With Hanny Panion, we've seen folks have consultations with ferrets, hamsters, birds, reptile, equine, horse space is a huge space. So really across all niche here. So telemedicine is being used. Wow. Very cool. But from like a very like big gen, like a larger area, are there like, you know, many competitors? Is there like this growing demand for just overall pet health? Absolutely. So the industry is shaping up uh, very nicely around connected care. There are some folks that are bypassing vet veterinary practices or veterinarians and are staffing their own veterinarians or vet techs and offering triage-based services on their own. So if your pet parent clientele can't reach you as a veterinarian, there is a huge risk out there where your client could be absorbed into this ecosystem that's developing. Heck, it could be Dr. Google or it could be another provider that may have their own staff or their own veterinary care providers um, that are doing triage or, or after hours. So at Anipanion, we see that as, as a tremendous, tremendous opportunity where a lot of the veterinary practices, as I mentioned, that are using Anipanion today across the world are facing these bandwidth issues. And after hours care becomes a very tricky area where, hey, how can these folks who are already going through staff time optimization issues, staff shortages and demand issues. How can they deal with customers that are reaching out or new patients that are signing up? And so this whole after hours triage model is something that we are leading the way with at Annie Panion and working on to make sure that if our existing clients, you know, our veterinary practices can't address pet parent concerns, then somebody will be able to. And that continuity of care, including what that person that, you know, external vet had said about your pet care inquiry, the documentation of that, being able to have that as a part of the holistic Anipanion medical record, the telemedicine record, um, so that there's a continuity of care. All these are very important elements as the world does open up and you may be getting advice from multiple veterinarians. Um, so <laughs> we definitely see that as a huge opportunity, Iman. Epic, epic. I'm excited. And at this point, I want want to hand it off to my co-host Nico. Thank you, Bobby. Yeah, thanks, Simon. Hey, thanks, Simon, for the handoff. And, and so, Bobby, for those of us that don't know, because I don't think a lot of people do understand just how big like the pet care space is. I know you said there's like a hundred million cats and dogs in the U.S. alone. Who are some of the other really big players in the space? Not even from a telemedicine perspective, but just like pet 
care. So like, I know some people might not know, but like, I know like Merck has like a huge like pet care division and like other pharma companies. So could you tell a bit more about the broader space? Absolutely. So Nico, to answer your question, the global veterinary healthcare market by 2027. Um, so the total available market is 172 billion and the CAGR is at 8.9%. So just to put things into perspective here, in the share of the market is at 1.2 billion. So approximately 10% of the serviceable available market here. So, and some of the key players from a perspective of veterinary software include IDEX and Covetris. Uh, so those two uh, easily come to mind as some of the 10,000 pound gorillas in the room. They offer the leading practice management software in the industry that both respectively. So IDEX offers a system called Cornerstone and uh, Covetris offers a system called Avimark, which both of those collectively make up uh, 80% plus of uh, the veterinary practice management system being used uh, globally. So I think that's a, a big number for us. And we as Anipanion actually have engagements with IDEX and with Covetris here as partners. We're working actively to integrate with their software. So we are integrated with Cornerstone and Avimark um, and are continuing down the road. Very soon, we're launching our ImproMed and EVET practice integration here very shortly. Another big one we're working on is EasyVet uh, with a New Zealand-based company. So integrations is a big key area which we focus on because as mentioned, these 10,000 pound gorillas in the room have a large market share of veterinary practices. And as we talked about, when implementing a digital healthcare technology in a care flow setting, the most important thing to consider, I would say two most important things is the actual disruption of the care process and the staff usability. And if you can address those two areas, as we had talked about thematically in this podcast, you will be able to definitely be a forefront as Annie Panion has proved by being able to integrate with these practice management systems, making things a lot more easier. Like for example, you know, when you book an appointment in Annie Panion, it automatically goes back into the practice management system. Or when your clients are signing up for Annie Panion, they don't have to re-put in all their information again or have to access all their medical information again. All that is being pulled by these practice management systems. And so definitely we have a huge ecosystem here uh, where veterinary software is integral to the day-to-day. And uh, at Anipanion, what we're focused on, Nico, is making sure that anything that can be made easier, whether getting an in-clinic appointment at your veterinary practice, getting meds delivered to your door, getting instant advice or care from your veterinarian. These are all a part of or encompassing our product and our product roadmap and something that we are actively pushing for because what we do believe in, Nico, is that together working within this industry with these players, we can truly achieve the connected care experience end-to-end. So you may not even have to leave your home unless it's a an actual emergency or a surgery is required. Mm-hmm. And so like with that being said, what does some of the regulation look like in the bed 
veterinary space, especially when it comes to, like the telehealth. Is there such a thing as being HIPAA compliant, but for animals? <laughs> no, so that's a great question, Nico. Great question. No, there is no HIPAA compliance per se for the vet care industry. Interestingly enough, based on our backgrounds, as we discussed earlier, particularly with our strong technology team, they have a lot of experience developing HIPAA compliant technologies. So we've adopted a lot of those policies or procedures when developing Anipanion. Uh, having said that, there's no standardized. Now, there is something very interesting that I'd like to shed light on, which interestingly enough, due to the pandemic, as I talked about, Nico, where, as I had said, telemedicine is no longer a nice to have, it's a need to have. And uh, what happened traditionally is when back in the day, there was a poor case that happened in the industry where a veterinarian had given wrong advice through telemedicine or telephonic uh, medium. And the the pet ended up dying. So there was a lawsuit all around that. And this is where the kind of AVMA or the American Veterinary Medical Association came up with an overbearing policy called the VCPR or vet client patient relationship, which when they stated that in order for a telemedicine consult to happen, you must have a VCPR established with a veterinarian that you're having that telemedicine consult consult with. What's so crazy is that the AVMA kind of gave this as a regulation and then each state board adopted that VCPR rule in some sense or manner within their own laws. So you have some states that were quite progressive saying, hey, we will allow a VCPR to be established via the telemedicine consult. But then you have some states that are not so progressive saying, hey, no, 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 you first have to bring in your pet physically once, and then, you know, within the last two years. And then after that, we can use this as a modality of communication. Now, having said that, Nico, the pandemic coming in, right? And again, COVID-19 hitting us, that's completely went out the door. So VCPR now, now, as the AVMA has highly, highly kind of started advocating for now is, is saying, hey, guys, we understand now that it is, as mentioned, critical for the operation of, of your business that telemedicine does not require a VCPR. So there has been a relaxation there, which is truly going to change the way, not just from a perspective of getting care locally, but globally. Mm -hmm. Bobby, what is a VCPR? It's a vet client patient relationship. So basically it's established when you go take your pet to your veterinarian. So it's like creating that relationship between your veterinarian and your pet, almost like how we have doctor confidentiality with our doctors on the human healthcare side of things. Gotcha. Okay. That makes a ton of sense. Yeah. So that's what I was just curious because I, I feel like there's in a nutshell, there's basically kind of a differing regulations across different states on what, what you can and can't do with virtual care. Absolutely. Absolutely. But having said that, you know, as mentioned, a lot of that's relaxed. We have customers in every state, including Puerto Rico. Oh, nice. Yeah. And so moving on, something that uh, we want to talk about with the um, the whole movement to telemedicine is a big part of the conversation is now on the pricing of telemedicine. So from what you've seen, and I'm not sure if you work with your patients to figure out this price, but are, do you see people charging the same for visits? 
do you charge them? Is it a fraction of the cost because it's not in person? Some people might argue it's not the same quality. Are there things such as like pet insurance that come into play for these things? Could you tell us a bit more about that? Great, great question, Sneeka. Great question. So what's great about um, Annie Panion is we do give flexibility to our customers for them to truly, it is a, a SaaS platform where each veterinary practice onboarded or veterinarian onboarded can customize and set pricing as they wish for both these uh, modality of communications that I had discussed earlier. So the video consultations or the synchronous model and the asynchronous model, which is those text messages where you're almost in a chat consult with your veterinarian and you text back and forth with pictures and and videos, uh, snippets. So typically for the video consults, which is the synchronous model, um, where the veterinarian is blocking some time in his day to see you, we see practices charging anywhere from $40 to $60 for those video consultations. Now with the... And and Bobby, uh, is that like a half hour block? Is that an hour block? What do those look like? It depends. Typically we see customers block off 15 minute to 30 minute blocks. But on average, the statistic for us is that a telemedicine consultation, the video one, is on average completed in 12 minutes, 12 minutes. Gotcha. And then the asynchronous model uh, with the chats, the text messaging back and forth. Typically, we see customers being charged anywhere from $10 to $30. And sometimes we see $30 plus if we are getting into the after hours um, realm that I was talking about. So, you know, in case you're reaching out in the middle of the night, oh no, Fluffy's got some green discharge coming out of his eye right now. So those are certain things things where practices have the flexibility through our application to charge higher based on the time of the day and if it's during business hours or after hours. But again, typically we're seeing the range for these text message type consultations of anywhere between $15 to $40. Gotcha. No, that's very insightful. And so with your guys' kind of software of a service model, do you guys do more of a yearly prescription fee or do you guys do more of like a paper service type of play? So we are a, a subscription fee model, Nico. So it's um, billed at a annual or per month rate accordingly, based on how many veterinarians are onboarded into the system. Mm, gotcha. No, that makes a ton of sense. So I think that is the... Um... Just to piggyback also, Nico, on that um, pricing element, something that we see as... Um, because you, you're right. I'm not sure, Nico, if, if you're a pet parent yourself or Iman, if, if you have uh, any pets. have been. I unfortunately wasn't able to bring any of them with me to Boston. Oh. Okay. Uh, home in San Diego, definitely. Okay. Okay. No, awesome. Well, well, you know what it's like to, to, to be a pet parent then? You said it. Hey, you may not feel the same as sometimes as if I'm going and my doctor is physically touching the pet. That is a valid concern. However, the veterinarians during this consultations, you know, have the flexibility that, hey, this is just a touch point, right? You're getting access to care from your veterinarian. And that veterinarian may say, look, I do need to take a look at its eye further or I do need to have you guys come in curbside. You know, unfortunately today it's curbside, but tomorrow in clinic again, and we need to see you guys again. So it's not necessarily disrupting the flow of care or saying, hey, you're completely getting rid of in-clinic appointments here. It's simply allowing another touch point, or in fact, even creating a touch point in the first place so that this issue can be identified. And then if it's needed, you can actually bring your pet in. So what's cool about Annie Penion is, 
if there is a consultation, either video or chat, that requires a client to have to go into their veterinary practice, we offer like this pricing confirmation where at the end of that consultation, because of course, you're only going to know at the end of the consultation, do I need to go in or not, where they can fully discount or partially discount what they charge their client. So it's again, goes back to that flexibility that we talked about uh, in servicing clients, which will truly provide a stellar veterinary telemedicine experience today. No, definitely. And that makes a ton of sense to me. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, it's just that ease and convenience is more important than anything else. And I think Amon also had a bit of a few follow-up questions. Amon, if you want to go ahead. Yeah, it's the question I I try to ask on every show. Where do you see the future of your product? What is the long-term vision? Absolutely. So as a product owner at Annie Panyan, the key word, again, that I want to drive home here is connected, connected care. So we've started with telemedicine. So the modality of communication, video chat technology, getting access to your veterinarian or veterinary care. So that's the first phase one, as we like to call it here. So everything that goes into improving that phase one, including as we discussed, the integrations with the top practice management systems like Cornerstone, Avimark, Implement, EasyVet, to name a few, and making it a seamless and frictionless process for you, no matter where you are in the world, to be able to connect with the veterinarian and get your health concern for your pet addressed as quickly as possible. All the features or optimizations that we're currently working on are primarily focused on scaling and improving the telemedicine experience around that. And our phase two or where we see this going, Iman, is again, as we talked about Now that connected care is involved, what comes next? So interestingly enough, 80% of these telemedicine cases today do result in some sort of medication consultation or medication prescription. And where we see a tremendous opportunity, which we have on our roadmap and are working towards, is the ability to fulfill diet-based or prescription-based commitments that the pet needs. And so that being incorporated into the product, as well as the whole realm of now that we're amassing all this information about the different types of problems a pet can have, the different types of care plans a pet can have, the different types of medications for a certain problem that can be used, the different types of pet foods that certain pets are using and eating, and then therefore having certain issues or there are not eating or being recommended to be eaten. There's so much data here that we see is so valuable to an AI perspective where now we're going to have these actionable insights based on trends that we see or health data that we see. Integrations with wearables is something that we also see as a huge possibility. So all this data will feed back into this loop of the connection connected care experience and re-trigger saying, hey, Bobby, it's time for you to think about Fluffy. We know that you've been on this diet food for, you know, six months. How's he doing? Here's Annie Panyan. Book another virtual consult today so that we can follow up with you. It's getting to that level where we're almost being reminded on how to care for our pet and guided on how to care for our pet. And so I think that's really where the future comes in. We are an on-demand generation. We 
are a civilization now that is so used to getting things on our fingertips, literally. Where we at Annie Panyan see the product going is towards a holistic connected care experience where we're at that phase one, which we're excelling, as mentioned, at getting into veterinary practices and making it easier for their workflows and, and solving the challenges. And now the next step is, again, making it as triggerable and uh, insightful for a pet parent client to know when or why they need to address their pet's health concerns for happier and healthier pets' lives. So I think that's really what we're trying to drive with our product strategy and how Annie Panion is is shaping out to be. And so it's been exciting, Iman, every day, you know, with our amazing technology team, our sprints are aggressive. We launch very cool features very fast and our customers are loving it. Um, and so we work hand in hand with them to expedite this move Annie Panion along the connected care realm so to speak. Amazing. Amazing. And I think that's a great place to end it. Bobby, it was a pleasure having you on. Thank you so much. Thank you, Iman. And thank you, Nico, for having me. This was amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Bobby. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to our podcast today. Your attention means the world to us. If you enjoyed today's episode, please feel free to share this episode with a friend. And if you really enjoyed it, if you could go ahead and leave a rating and a review on whatever platform you get your podcasts, Iman and I would be over the moon. Stay tuned for our next episode.